Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I, as usual, have some of the most amazing guests. And tonight I have Alan Wright, author of nine books. Some of them include My Destination for Truth, At the Edge of Infinity, Through the Veil and Back, Road Less Traveled, A Paranormal Journey. He is a psychic, a healer, a medium, a sensitive, and an empath. And he also is a podcaster. Welcome, Alan Ray. How are you, Alan? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm great. It's Saturday and everything's relaxed. I love it. How about you? Uh, yeah, I'm just great. I had my day full, but we yeah, dropped some of the things that I was supposed to do. So that that helped me out a lot. I can relax and be a part of the show now. Yay. Uh, yeah, I worked up. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, you've written nine books. Yeah. When did that journey start? Nine? That's a lot of books. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I told my wife about some of my experiences that, I, that I've had in my lifetime with paranormal. She knew about most of them, me being a healer and uh, everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, she told me one time, she said, you ought to write a book about those things that's happened in your life and the things that you've done. So I thought, well, I didn't really know how to go about it. I can write a little bit, I guess. And and uh, uh, but I didn't know how to get the book published and, you know, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And uh, so in the process, I found out Amazon, you can self-publish your books and and have it printed there, and, you know, they take care of that part. And the mm-hmm. only part we had to do was get the finished book to them, you know, and then they would print it and publish it. So that's what I did. And this started about in 2015. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that first book, which was uh, um, Through the Veil and Back, was my first book. And, and, uh, my last book, the ninth book, it turned into nine books. I can't believe it myself. <laughs> but 
my last book is uh, Things to Come. And it talks about things, things uh, uh, later on uh, as the earth progresses on its journey. It's going to end too sometime. But I try to tell people it's not going to be destroyed. It comes back. Just mankind. Just mm-hmm. mankind is going to be uh, what it basically ends. And what's left is going to be a different world, a completely different world. And uh, anyway, so that's how it began. <laughs> out of curiosity, things to come, it sounds very fascinating. When did these changes, changes start? And how did you uh, get the information? I haven't got a chance to read that book, by the way. Oh, uh, well. Um, as I, as we talked yesterday, I told you that, uh, mm-hmm. I, I received bits and pieces of, uh, information from time to time uh, during my lifetime, uh, from when I went through the veil and came back, uh, that was my first book. Mm-hmm. And in that process, I, I, I was told about things that was going to come and we're in that process right now. Uh, the war over there in Europe right now with uh, Ukraine's and uh, Soviet, uh, the Russians. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the beginning beginning of it. This is one of the wars, wars that the Bible talks about before uh, things get really bad. Uh, COVID-19. I, w- I was telling people that I had... A really bad feeling. Something was big was going to come. Right. And about a month after that, or two months after it, that COVID hit. And uh, I also was one of the first ones that said that that uh, COVID was a man-made disease. It was man-made for the purpose of killing people. Mm-hmm. It was an evil. It was an evil, evil sickness, illness, a virus. And it was man-made, and it was made as a weapon. That's what it was. And I was told it was made uh, to kill people. That's what it was made for. And that's the reason why they're having so much trouble controlling it, or they did have, because it was had a lot of defenses built into it. Uh, sure. They were working on this virus for a long time. So anyway, and then... When the vaccinations came out, I can't. I tell you, I'm not vaccinated. Uh, one sure way to keep from getting the uh, the disease is do not get around people with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like my wife and I, of course, we're elderly, so we don't go to concerts and we don't go to sporting events and stuff like this. Uh, we don't even go to crowded grocery stores. We go and pick up our food, you know, when they offered it. Uh, on curbside and pick up and stuff like that. Sure. And and that's what we've done. We always wear a mask when we're in public, and that's the best thing to do. I I'm in that age group. I'm 74 now, and it, it would if I caught it, I would be dead. I I, I would just die. And that that disease just thins out the population really bad. Um. But anyway, that's. It was meant to bring down governments, actually, by killing the people that was yeah, that's 
citizens of, of the uh, governor. I, from what I understand, it just created chaos in these third world, world countries, you know? Oh, sure, yes. And, uh, but it leaked out of that lab by accident, and uh, it wasn't supposed to be introduced yet. But I'm telling you, I, I knew when it hit. I, I really did. I, I was preparing the people that knew me what to do. I also told them to start saving food and right. stocking up on food items because during this uh, virus, there was going to be shortages of food. Now I was right on that, too. I even told them what products to buy, paper products and stuff like that, and soap products and, and uh, different types of food products to get get stored up on because we weren't going to be able to get them very well, very well during the pandemic. But, uh, yeah, that's one of the things uh, that's beginning of this process. And it's going to continue. Uh, there's going to be more earthquakes. We're experiencing some really bad earthquakes now. Mm-hmm. There's going to be more tornadoes and hurricanes. And the hurricanes and tornadoes are getting worse, basically because of climate change. Right. Uh, the government can say, well, climate change is not there or whatever. But it is. It's changing the world as we see it. It's going to hurt the people on the earth unless we make changes to um, deal with it. And uh, But anyway, that. I went in that book, I told about uh, a lot of the things that's going to happen. And this war now is going to turn into a uh, World War Three. I know it is. I, I had a guy on a show one time ask me, well, where do you think this war is going to happen? In what part of the world? Mm-hmm. I said, well, right now I see it's going to be up around Russia, Poland, that area in there. I said, and I also see it coming from the Middle East, too. I can't, I can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Now now we know that uh, they're getting their some of their uh, weapons from the Middle East, from Iran and, and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where that part came in. Um, I get really strong feelings. Uh, kids that I used to go to school with, I I start remembering their names, and it comes to me over and over again. And finally, I'll have to do something about it, and, and I find out that person's probably died and passed on. Yeah. And I really believe it's their spirit coming to me and telling me that they've moved on. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's just part of my makeup. That's the, some of the abilities that I have. Uh, as I was telling you yesterday, I consider these abilities to come straight from God. Mm-hmm. I don't worship the devil. I do not do evil things. Uh, I was born with these abilities, and I don't think I have these uh, abilities by mistake. Um, 
Uh, they're God-given. Uh, they weren't given to me by Satan. Satan wouldn't want me to heal people. See, Satan wouldn't want, want me to warn people, you know, what to, to do in case of a storm or uh, a war or anything like that. These are God-given abilities, and I, I respect them as such. Some people call them gifts. I call them, they are gifts sometimes. But some of the visions I have and some of the things that I have to do, mm-hmm. uh, it's not a gift. It, <laughs> it feels almost like a curse <laughs> at right. times, you know. But uh, Now, you're very Christian, correct? Yes, I am. What well, I'm a... I consider myself a Christian, but I don't re- really go for any of the organized religion religions. Gotcha. Okay. Um, every religion out there seems to, in one way or, or the other, they hit, hurt their congregations in some way. It seems like to me they're not really preaching the things that they should. They're in it for money. And some of these churches have thousands and thousands of, of parishioners, and they take in millions of dollars. And what are they doing with those millions of dollars? In the book of James in the Bible, it says religion in its purest form is feeding the hungry, mm-hmm. clothing the poor, taking care of the sick uh, and the motherless and the fatherless. And that's what pure religion is. And there's, I don't believe there's a church out there that does those things with the money that it collects. Right. Um, uh, so I just couldn't take it anymore, and I had to really leave those religions. But I am a Christian. I believe in God. I have to believe in God because I've seen him. Uh, I'm pretty sure at some point I had a conversation with him. But that, that that hasn't appeared to me yet. I just can't but believe that I could get really close to him in in my first book when I saw the light and went into it. Right. By the way, you know what that white light is? I told you yesterday. You had a um, close death experience, correct? Pretty much so. It sounded like it, but I wasn't even sick when I had it. But it was the same type of a vision or whatever it was. Uh, that people have near death a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I saw a pinhole of light. My light kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger as I was traveling uh, through space. And this light, when it hits you, it's nothing but love, compassion, charity, and it goes right straight to you. You feel it in every bone of your body. And uh, it comes from Jesus Christ himself. The person that I saw at at the end of this journey, just just before I blacked out or my memory was erased, was a guy that looked just like Jesus. He had long hair and a beard. You know, I don't know, like American Indian. I don't know. Would they say Jesus or would they see see somebody else that they uh, think is their God? Or, you know, uh, what about the... uh, Indians in uh, India, uh, would they see Jesus Christ or would mm. they see Buddha? I don't I, know. You know, some I kind are, of feel that. Yeah, some are Hindi, some are Buddhist. Yeah. 
um, Native American. It depends. It, it, I think it would depend on which century, because when, when the white man came, they tried to convert them. Right. And I know this, well, because my, my, both of my grandmothers were Native. One was yeah. Cherokee, and yeah. one was of the Seneca Nation. So I'm not sure. I know on my dad's side, my great-grandmother was put in an orphanage where she wasn't allowed to speak her language and was adopted out. Yeah. So well, I have sure. a, I kind of have a feeling, a close feeling with Native Americans. Uh, my great grandmother was one, and uh, I really uh, love and they're very dear to me. Um, I have respect for them, but uh, anything that can produce a light that makes you feel the way that I did, a light that I never wanted to get out of, mm -hmm. I would bend a knee for that person or entity or whatever it was, because uh, he was very, very intelligent. Uh, he, like I said, he glowed. This light went, well, he lit up everything around him. Mm -hmm. And I would bend the knee anytime. Uh, I wouldn't hesitate. Uh, these people that talk about against Christ and against God is, um, I don't, they really don't know what they are doing. Um, uh, this entity has the power to just wipe them off the face of the earth. But he's not like that. He's love. And uh, like just like the Bible says, love, charity, and peace, and all these good feelings that you, you get when you're in that light. And after you do pass on, if you do go to a good place, that's the light you're going to be living in for mm -hmm. a long time. When you were in that light, was it male or female? Or all that was, or is, I should say. Well, he was male, but the the feelings I got from him was uh, all inclusive. It wasn't mm -hmm. just male dominated or anything like that. It's uh, he's it was all inclusive of everything, and mm -hmm. uh, it has the power to present himself as a person. Mm -hmm. I think he has the power to present himself in other ways so other people uh, recognize him also as a powerful being. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure those people, the ones that lived their lives uh, in a good manner, will receive the same uh, blessings as the ones that... Uh, uh, as the ones that worship him all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you don't. You, they say that you have to be saved to go to heaven. And I beg to differ with them because I, I was there. I saw my grandfather. And anybody that does what the pure religion is, taking care of people, loving people. And... Uh, 
you will be in a good place when you die. I don't want to tell you what you'll be in if you do bad things all your life. Uh, it says in the Bible that uh, God cannot tolerate sin. And what is sin? Sin is anything that's against the teachings of God. Um, animals don't live in that. When an animal dies, it goes automatically to a good place. And these animals, I know for a fact, will be with the people that had them during their lifetime if the people go to that good place. I hope I have a big house up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, uh, also, uh, I know that when an anim- when we die and our animals are with us, they they when I saw my grandfather, he talked to me telepathically. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to move his mouth, and I talked to him the same way. Even though I could talk uh, with my mouth, I did it telepathically, and I never done anything like that before in my life. But that's the way it's going to be. These animals, they try to talk to us now. Our pets. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yes. It's not their fault that they can't, they don't have the facilities to do so. But at where they go and we're, if we're with them, they're going to talk to us telepathically. We're going to know exactly what they're saying. They're going, we're going to know their feelings and everything. Uh, they'll be almost on the same uh, level as we are because they're with us. Uh, things that you tend to and love on this earth are, are things that you're going to be around when you pass. Um, I know if you treat an animal, it even says in the Bible that you shouldn't treat the animals bad. And I know if, if you do, you're going to answer for that in the life to come. But uh, anyway, ask me another question. I'm getting tired. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's really funny when it comes to animals, I think they talk to us in so many ways. If you just quiet your mind and open your heart, you can hear what they're saying. Exactly. I know my animals do. I have a little chihuahua that I know what she's talking, telling me just by what you said, being still mm-hmm. and just watching her expressions and stuff, she's she almost uh, lets me know immediately what's wrong. Right. Uh, I give her. She's pretty old now. She's she's uh, about twelve years old, I think. But um, I give her a blessing every night before she goes to bed, goes to sleep, mainly because she's got arthritis. Uh, she's got a bad hip. She went when she walks, mm-hmm. and, and I do away with that pain, so she's not in pain when she sleeps at night. She also has congestion in her lungs, and when I give her a blessing, that congestion goes away, and she can breathe during the night where she's not fighting for breath. And I, I do this. And she knows I do it. And she's got where now she comes up to me and rubs up against me when it's time for her to go to bed because she knows she gets a blessing then. And she loves it. Oh, yeah, they <laughs> I, love that. 
we got we got a new little dog. Uh, she's like a terrier mix or something, and uh, yeah, well, she's a Chihuahua mix, but she's got whiskers around her face and everything. She looks like a little woman or something, but she. I gave her her first blessing when she got sick. And when I gave her that blessing, she went limp in my hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just went totally limp in my hands. And I told my wife, I said, what happened? Is she dead? What happened? I didn't mean to do that. But she, that blessing just went through her. And it just, she just relaxed. And after about 10 minutes or so, she started moving around again and everything. And by the way, she didn't have her sickness anymore. And, uh, but I, I never had that happen to me before. I never blessed an animal and have them just go <laughs> totally limp like they died in my hands or something, you know. Uh, but <laughs> so, with your um, mediumship and things like that, do you, do you hear the dead? Do you see, do you see them? How? How does that work with you? Because me, different mediums see different and hear different things. When I give, give a reading, a lot of times I have that person of the spirit that's passed. I've had that spirit come to me as I'm getting a, giving a reading to somebody, usually a relative. I was on this talk show once over in England. The show was over there, a podcast. But... I used uh, Skype or something like that, and I was on that program. And the uh, 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 the second host, uh, co-host of that program, um, he told me that his uh, twin brother had died, and uh, it affected him every day of his life and stuff, and. I, the minute he said twin brother, this twin brother came walking in the room where I was at. And he started telling me things. And I re- relayed those uh, messages to this co-host. And when I was done, he um, had tears in his eyes and he couldn't even talk. And it touched him so, so much. And I told him things that he didn't even know, you know. Uh, and he knew I didn't know. And he was just, he couldn't hardly continue with the show after that. But uh, that's that's the way reading should be. It should be mm-hmm. cockamamie things they tell you, you know, that never happened. And, uh, I try to, in my readings, I try to, a lot of times, I don't get any spirits that come in, you know, and I, I do give them a psychic reading. Most of the times they want to know about their husbands or wives cheating or <laughs> if they're going <laughs> to find love in the future, you know. Uh, but once in a while, I'll have somebody, I had a woman call me from England one time. And she wanted to know, I'm sorry, she was from Michigan. But she said that, that uh, the family farm uh, father had died. 
and they were selling the property and the farm and they were trying to clean the things out, out of this storage sheds and the barns and everything that that farm had and they she wanted to know if i could give her some type of relief as to how to do it and stuff like this <laughs> mm-hmm. and she was telling me that uh uh two of the brothers was fighting over something and i was told by the father himself he came in and he said that uh oh i asked her i said i'm seeing an object they're fighting over i said uh, i said it's red and uh, do you have a statue laying around in one of the barns or the house and she said no and i said well this has an arm and it's like sticking out in the air she said oh i know what it is she says it's one of those old time water pumps you know a hand pump for getting water mm-hmm. i said yeah that's what it is that's what it is those two brothers are fighting over an old <laughs> water pump that they found in one of the barns or something so i told her that's what it was <laughs> that's but, funny she she also found an old rifle in one of the barns mm-hmm. and she wanted to know if i could tell her who it belonged to and uh at this time uh, the father came in again he didn't really want to talk to me but then the grandfather came in and the grandfather told me that that gun had been passed down from father to the son uh, for a long long time and uh, that gun was supposed to go to her dad, which mm-hmm. would be the next in line for it. And uh, she was surprised at that. She she didn't realize that that gun had been in the family so long and uh, how valuable it would be for that family anyway. To know that that gun was passed down to uh, father, the son, you know, all these generations. But that's just some of the things I do. Uh, I told her one time, she was sitting at her desk uh, in Michigan. She says, how do you tell when you feel a spirit? How does it feel? Mm -hmm. I said, well, usually I feel a coolness or kind of like goose pimples or something, you know, cold chills. Mm -hmm. And she said, really? And I said, yeah. I said, your father's telling me and he's coming over to see you right now. And at that, at that time, I was in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, she says, oh, my God, it's getting cold here. I said, <laughs> I said well, what side of your body are you cold on? She says, on my right side. <laughs> I said, mm-hmm. yeah, that's your father. He's standing right next to you. He wants to tell you that he loves you, and he wants to uh, let you know that yeah, he's proud of you and the things that you did and stuff. She was having the chills the whole time I gave her a reading. <laughs> that was the father right there beside her. But, uh, yeah, a lot of times I get goosebumps and stuff. One time on one of the shows I had a, a woman say, she said, Mr. Wright, she says, I don't know what to do. She said, I'm sick and I don't know what to do. I don't know what's wrong. She said, I've been to the doctor. And all they do is give me pills that make me feel so bad. She said, I feel like dying. 
She said, what mm-hmm. should I do? Do you know what's wrong with me? And I said, well, for one thing, I said, you're an empath. You're a medium. You're a sensitive. And I said, uh, those feelings and stuff that you're getting. I, I First, I said, do you see people that's not in the room? She said, yes. I said, do you talk to people that are not there? And she said, yes. I said, well, you're a medium. I said, you're an empath. And I said, she said, but I see some really bad things. I said, yeah, I know. I said, I see some things. I see some things that would make a normal person run down the street with their arms over their head, yelling and screaming, you know, as they running down the road. I said, that's the part of being a medium. I said, I said, learn to nurture that. Learn to to embrace it. That's what I told her. Embrace it, and and after a while, you'll relax and you'll know what's going on. And she said, "Well, thank you, Mister Wright." She said, "I feel better already." She said, "Thank you very much." And that's just some of the things that a medium and an empath should do: help mm-hmm. people. I think there's a lot of people that's in these uh, mental hospitals that shouldn't be there because they're normal people that's not really normal. They they see things and they they talk to people that's not there and people think they're crazy, so they put them in an institution and feed them up on drugs and keep them drugged up and uh, they can't really exercise the abilities that they have, and some of them would probably be extraordinary. <laughs> right. And I think some empaths and mediums also need a lot of alone time to recover from some of the things that they see and feel. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes after a show, when I, when I was a part of it, the show would end after about an hour, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And I would have to basically take the rest of the evening just to recoup right. uh, from from the show. And uh, uh, I still do that once in a while. When I, when I have a very good reading, I was giving this one woman a reading one time. Uh, I met her. She was my insurance lady, and uh, she went there. She wanted to talk. Uh, more insurance and stuff. So I, I told her that my wife and I would meet her at a restaurant and we could do it over coffee or something. Mm-hmm. She said, okay, that's great. You know, so we met her at this restaurant and as we're sitting there, this boy walked up to, to me and I said, I don't want to scare you or anything, but I, I said, I, I have a, a, a boy here. He looks like he's about nine, 10 years old. And he wants to talk to you. She said, you should have saw the look at her face. She said, really? (laughs) Was that her child? It was her grandchild. I'm going to find out. And she was in the car wreck with Mm -hmm. his uh, mother. Uh, Apparently she hit a tree. And she lived, but the little boy died. And... The mother, the insurance agent, uh, blamed the mother for his death. And he was there to tell me to tell her 
not to blame his mother anymore because it wasn't her fault. And he told his his grandmother to try to help his mother mm-hmm. and, and, and stuff. And she was not the same <laughs> after that reading. I gave her another reading. The little boy comes in again. And mm-hmm. this time I did it in the house. And we it was a just general reading. And I told her some things about the future, her future, and stuff like this. And after the reading, uh, I was I was still in spirit after the reading. I, I am every time, time I give a reading. But I was still in spirit. And I was walked outside. Uh, I was going to work in the, uh, around our fruit trees and stuff. And as I walked outside, and that little boy told me, he says, look to the right. So I did. And he says, you see that rainbow there? I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, I made that for you. I said, you did? He said, yes, for making my grandmother happy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was his present to me. And, you know, that cloud, that storm cloud, it wasn't a cloud in the sky uh, just a few minutes before that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it was dark off to the west, south of us, I'm sorry. It was dark to the south of us. And mm-hmm. This big old rain- rainbow was coming up, the biggest rainbow I'd ever seen. And he told me it was a gift to me from him for making his grandmother happy. And how could is after you die, to be able to do things like that. Oh, I think it's very cool. <laughs> really, you know? Is that, I, uh, after I go, well, I think I'm going to go rescue all the animals I can. <laughs> 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 all well, the farmers are going to be like, not that entity, not that one. <laughs> I know your pets, when they die, uh, your past relatives, the ones that passed, Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be there to meet them. I know my uh, the spirit, my mother, and the spirit, my wife's mother, lives here in this house with us. Mm-hmm. And they have our animals with them. We can hear dogs barking once in a while. Uh, I see uh, dogs running through the bedroom here every once in a while. Oh, sure, uh, yeah. Uh, and they're in spirit, you know. Yeah. But I can still see them. If you're an empath, a, a sensitive, you you can see things like that. It's, and uh, it's so funny when we moved into our 19, 1938 bungalow, um, we were working on it and all of a sudden I saw this white and black cat clear as day. <laughs> He's clear as day. I didn't let him yeah. in. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And like a minute later, my husband goes, did you let a cat in the house? I'm like, you mean? <laughs> he goes, yeah, the black and white one. I'm like, yeah. And we both watched it. And it disappeared. <laughs> yeah. So our pixel, our cat now plays with them. Yeah. Once yeah. in a while, or you could just feel two cats in the house. And it was it's so funny. I mean, we have like walkthroughs walking through our house and we don't, there's nothing in our house, but there is a kitty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have visitors, but they, they vacate when I say you got to go, but we just let the ghost kitty stay. It's good company for Pixel. Yeah. Our dogs, all of a sudden, they'll 
stare out a window or out the door Mm -hmm. and they see something that's not even there. Oh, yeah. I always tell people your animals are a good indicator if something good is there or bad. If my animals are upset, it's got to go. Yeah, exactly. They're a good judge of uh, character. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, um, I was laying on my side in bed one time. I had my foot on the outside of the bed, you know, out out in the open. And I, I felt something brush up against, against it. And I thought it was one of our dogs. And I looked over there and there was nothing. But it, it was a it was a dog. One of our large dogs that passed. And he came back and he just walked where his back was up against my, <laughs> my foot, you know. And uh-huh. I felt it. And uh, I one time I was uh, laying in bed again and uh, I felt something at my back and it was a another dog who used to sleep with me mm-hmm. and it was him and uh so you know it, weird things happen but you have to embrace it if you if you're having these visions and these feelings and all this you have to embrace it and let it you have to know where it's coming from right. and and you have to be able to, uh, I don't tolerate it because sometimes they get very mischievous. And oh, you have to, yeah. Yes. You just, yeah. <sighs> you, you just have to learn how to handle it and embrace it. Mm-hmm. I consider our spirit animals part of our pack, you know? Sure. Uh, uh, they're there. Uh, they're barking and playing. We heard a tremendous noise out in the living room one time. Mm-hmm. I go out there and there's nothing out there except these two spirit animals were playing. They were roughhousing. See, I and, love that. And yeah, really. I love so, that. And every once in a while I can hear dishes and stuff move around in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's one of our it's one of our uh, mothers out there. Uh, I know it is. Uh, we've seen them. I've seen my mother and my wife. Uh, has seen her mother here in this house. Interesting. And uh, they they live here. They want to be with us. And uh, so this is where they're at. I always find it really interesting. Every house I've lived in, the kitchens are always active. Yeah, yeah. Once I don't in, know why. <laughs> yeah, once in a while we'll we'll be sitting watching TV and we'll both hear noises. And, and it's not noises we can explain. Yeah. It's like... Something, someone, or someone else is in here now. It was built in 1938, so my suspicions are yeah. it's probably from the past. But yeah. it's really funny because it's always when I don't expect it. Yeah. If I sit there and I'm like, I want to see something, come on, nothing happens. But when <laughs> I'm off guard, boom, <laughs> kitchen active. <laughs> really? It's like, whoa, whoa, hey. <laughs> and it's always at night. Yeah. For my house. Most of the time it is. Uh, I don't know why. My wife and I lived in a haunted house for three years. Mm-hmm. And when we moved in, it was quiet. I didn't see any spirits or anything. And we didn't feel anything. But, but after a while, it kept building up. I don't know why. I, I guess they wanted to see what we were. Where they were. Right. 
But by the time we moved out of the house, uh, well, I blessed it and everything before we moved out. We removed a lot of the stuff. But there was three or four shadow people that would go. They lived in the hallway at night. And we could see them going back and forth between the walls, the hallway at night. Interesting. Wow. They never did anything to us, but they Mm -hmm. were there. We knew they were. One person asked me what a uh, shadow person was. Uh, And I told him, well, apparently it's somebody with no light in them. And some of them I know are, are bad. Uh, I've had people tell me they were attacked by a, a shadow person. Yeah. I, that never happened to me. The ones that was in our house down there was, uh, they, they were just like, they acted like they were spying on us, trying to see what we were doing or whatever. Yeah, I hear all kinds of stuff about shadow, some myths and things behind shadow people. Some of them, yeah. people believe that they were never actually human. And they're curious about us. Yeah. Our elementals, our yeah. aliens, some people will say. So I think it's just, I guess you got to weigh it out and see how you feel, whatever is in your house. How do you feel about them? Well, I'm more along the lines of elementals. Um, uh, they, they've been here probably forever. Yeah. And when you build your house, you just build it on their their land and they're gonna sure yeah I, I kind of agree with that it's it's really odd my most active house was actually in Dayton Ohio where I yeah. lived previously <laughs> and it was it was kind of strange um for six months I had a continuous of weird things happen garage door open at 3 a.m mm-hmm. someone it sounds like someone would come in the house walk up the steps it got so bad my husband had a bat in our bedroom and he'd grab it once in a while and go explore. Doorbell would ring in the middle of the day. Six months after that, my brother had passed. Something was trying to tell me. Oh, yeah. That something was Usually coming. there is a message. There is yeah. a message for this stuff, yeah. And I was so busy with my life. I was dancing professionally and working, and my husband was a musician. And we were both so busy Yeah. that I was just didn't want to hear it. And it was being persistent. Yeah. Absolutely persistent. I can relate to that. That brings back memories. Yeah. It was like, why aren't (laughs) you listening? Okay, I'm going to open the garage door. I'm going to ring the doorbell. Will you listen to me? And then in our basement there, we had, it was, everyone felt it. Friends that would come over, they'd be Mm -hmm. like, your basement's weird. I always feel like I'm being chased up the steps. And I (laughs) kind of looked around and go, yeah, it's the old man downstairs. It was his work area couple weeks later, my husband comes running up the steps. He goes, there's an old man down there. I swear, chasing me every time. <laughs> there is an old man down there. And he, that is his workspace. So certain times of the night, you you went to do laundry. You were running up those steps. He was not happy yeah. about us being there at night doing laundry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we used to be in bed sleeping. And all of a sudden, the TV would come on. We have we have, we have a, a large screen TV, fifty five inch, I think it was mm-hmm. at, at that time. We'd be laying there, really sleeping, and all of a sudden, the TV would come on. 
<laughs> and it would break us up. You know, we're going, what the hell? <laughs> and we get up and turn it off, and about a half hour later, we come back on again. Uh, but that's that's just spirits messing with you. That's all it yeah. is. And I'm sure uh, they love technology at this point. I'm sure they're like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I told you how many times they messed with me when I was on a show or something. One time they kicked me right off the show, just closed the show right up. We only had about a 10-minute show that day. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> we, we couldn't bring it back up. Couldn't do anything with it. There's uh, been and, some mediums I've interviewed, and the same stuff happens. Yeah, I've had things happen on but once, uh, once I was doing a show with with my host, I was a co-host, and uh, we kept hearing weird sounds. It sounded like a voice from hell, you know. It's just really weird, wicked, deep blow of voice. Go, wow, you know. And I go, oh my god! And it was you know, over voicing us. It was coming over our voices, you know. Mm-hmm. And. I've had people call me back and say, I was running this tape back. Do you know there's somebody talking on it other than you two? That's <laughs> no. funny. <laughs> it was on the tape, imprinted on the tape, you know, but mm-hmm. or whatever they use. I guess it was a, a disc of some kind or a zip. I, uh, I told someone not too long ago. When I first started looking into podcasting, I got equipment and I was playing with the equipment. And, you know, when you have your speaker on and your headphones on together and the room is real quiet, you can hear such strange things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you really listen, it's like, um, wow, what was that? <laughs> yeah, really. And it makes you wonder, I mean, what a cool way to communicate. Exactly. I want to give you another story. I was on a show one time, and uh, it it was a pretty good show. There was a lot of call-ins and stuff. And this one guy called in, and he said, Mr. Wright, he said, I feel like committing suicide. I said, why? He said, my whole family's dead. My wife is dead. Mm-hmm. He said, everybody in my family is dead, and I'm the only one. He said, I feel so lonely. Oh, and I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I said, and then all of a sudden his wife walked in and she was kneeling at the bed beside me and she was telling me to tell him things. And I told him, I said, your wife told me to tell you that she loves you. She still loves you and will always love you. And that she will be, be with you again when you pass. I said, now it's not your time to pass. That's the reason why she's talking to me now and telling me what to tell you. Uh, and, you know, as I was talking to him, all of a sudden, all these different spirits walked in. That was his uh, family. Mm-hmm. His grandmother was there. Uh, I said, do you know somebody? He was talking about his brother, a smaller brother. I said, did he have back fat cheeks and was he was he chubby he said no i don't know oh yeah he said that was my little brother yeah he he was really small then but he was chubby and he had these fat cheeks i said well he's like i said he wants to tell you something too so i relayed that and then these two guys walked in and they were dressed in military uniforms Uh uh-huh 
I said, do you know anybody that was in the military? And I, I'm pretty sure they fought in war. He said, yeah. He said, that was my two uncles. I said, they're here too to talk to you. So that was a very interesting show that day. Oh, I bet. Um, I bet you were tired. That was a lot walking in on you. (laughs) Well, at at the end, uh, most of these spirits didn't say anything. They they just wanted me to relay to him that his whole family was there to support him and to lift him up. And all he had to do was just settle down and meditate and think about them. And they would make themselves known to him. That's what they told me. And at the end of that reading, my bedroom was crowded. Uh, I told Gloria, I said, uh, there must have been a hundred spirits in that room by the time uh, the reading stopped. And and then after the reading, of course, they started filing filing out, going back to wherever they came from. But (laughs) that was a very interesting reading. I've never had that happen before either. But wow. it had to happen for him because he was considering uh, suicide. Right. And he said the same thing that that lady did. He said, I feel so much better now. Thank you, Mr. Wright, for talking to me. And I said, that's fine, buddy. I said, uh, always remember, you have your family there, even though you can't see them. I said, all you have to learn how to do is be able to communicate to them mm-hmm. and with them. And uh, he was really happy. He was he settled down quite a bit. But that was an interesting show. I'll never forget. Yeah. Now, do you believe in meditation? Oh, yes. Yeah, I love meditation. Yes. It's probably one of the healthiest things you could do for yourself. Exactly. I think you ought to get in a quiet room and just... If you can, lay on the bed and just take all the daily things out of your head that, you know, might be bothering you and just concentrate. You know, take a half hour, take an hour if you have to. And just because when you're done, it's going to be your mind is going to be stronger. Mm -hmm. You're going to be stronger. And uh, uh, yeah, like you said, it's good for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gives you perspective, I think, on life too. When you do it, do it right. Absolutely, and and I think if you do practice mediumship or readings, I think it recharges you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, sure does. You know, when I give a reading, if their yeah, one of their ancestors come in, and I'm talking to them too. Mm-hmm. The only way you can communicate with them is through spirit. So my spirit is communicating with their spirit. And that's a drain on you because you're using your energy to do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes after a very long reading, uh, you're drained. And I have to get recharged, you know. And that's the only way you can do it. Uh, Get recharged again, go ahead and meditate and uh, try to get all that stuff out of your mind, if it's bad or whatever it was. I, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> it's pretty weird to have your energy drained by a spirit that's talking <laughs> to you, you know. But I, I think it happens. just takes them so much energy, so they have to borrow some. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what they do. They really do. So what is, what, what are you up to in, in the next coming year? Alan? Well, I've got my 10th book started. Mm, what is that one going to be called? Um, really, I don't have a title yet. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. What is it I about? My my wife is my proofreader and stuff like that. And, and she gets so mad to me. I'll turn in three or four chapters of this book. And she goes, what's the title? And I said, I don't know yet. <laughs> I said, well, come to me. A lot of times it comes to me through spirit, you know. Right. And I get the title. But I, I don't know. I, I haven't gotten a title yet for it. That's the way this one is. I've only got maybe two chapters written. And <laughs> I have to... But what happened, what I had, um, that's one reason why I don't do the show any, anymore. I, I had uh, health problems. I, mm-hmm. You know, I can bless people. I can heal them. I can't do it to myself. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, uh, it's like heal or heal thyself. Well, you can't. It's, you oh. know, a medium, when they give readings, they have to have another medium medium to give you a reading. You know, it's really sure. weird how it works. You know, I can't give myself a reading. I can't. I I don't know what's even gonna happen to me really in say a year or five years or whatever. I have to have somebody that's in tune give me that reading and tell me what's going on. Sure, right. I can't. I can't do it myself. Well, we know Can next year it? there's a book. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Um, You're a medium, aren't you? Well, I, I don't... There's a weird story behind this this creature. <laughs> uh, I put so much energy for 30 years into my craft that I would say about five years ago, it was kind of like my spirit guides hit me in the head with something hard. <laughs> It was like an overflow. I was raised in all of this. I have uh, mediums on both sides of the family. Uh, My mom has tea leaf readers on her side. All very Catholic. They're all mediums and stuff. I'm just coming more and more. In my childhood, my mom would have said, yes, I had mediumship going on. As an adult, I kind of shut it out for a while because it got a little too much. Yeah, it can a little be. too sensitive. So yeah. I turned to dance, and the dance was my meditation. It was oh yeah, my healing. It was my everything. And then when I retired and I stopped all of that, it was like a dam opened up, yeah. and it was like, oh hello, we're back. <laughs> and oh no. I even fired my spirit guides thinking, you guys are fired. You're not making my life easy. <laughs> it was almost like a, this. the energy I was sensing from that was, yeah, well, we're staying too bad. So I even had like a soul retrieval done. Um, I started meditations again and getting back some of my abilities and controlling them better. Yeah. And now um, I'm working on... Sometimes when I'm around people that are ill, and sometimes if I'm around uh, people that need your energy, yeah, I can't be around them for very long. It's very draining and exhausting for me. So now I'm beginning to you're learn. A, you're a sensitive. Yeah, I'm beginning to learn 
to try to block that a little bit because I uh, I get just exhausted. Yeah, you know, my wife and I are both sensitive, and but she's a little bit better at uh, than I am. I, I can't go into a wall and stay, stay there for anything longer than about 15 minutes. Mm. There's so many so, so many emotions going on in, in a crowded place like that. Right. And uh, by, sometimes I'd come out of Walmart wanting to kill somebody because... <laughs> That's <laughs> you know, common. Just, no. <laughs> you know, you pick, you pick up the spirit of the store, you know, what, mm-hmm. what the main spirit is of the people that's in there. And it's really weird. I So I don't go in the Walmart. My wife goes in there and shops or whatever she wants. Mm. But now we, we pick up... <laughs> We pick up our groceries and everything at curbside or at the. (laughs) I'm ready to go home now. We're done. (laughs) You know, going to a place like a circus or something like that would be a circus for a sensitive. It really Mm -hmm. would. If you were sitting next by uh, next to a person that was going through some severe things in their lives, you would pick up on that. Mm -hmm. And you know, what do you do? Right. Do you get away from that person or could you say, are you all right or something, you know, and try to help them? Well, but, and it's so funny. People often at grocery stores just come right up to me. So I know their whole life stories <laughs> and what happened to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happened to me too all the time. <laughs> and I swear every old lady in like a 20 minute, 20 mile radius that can't reach yeah. things find me also. Yeah. So I, I am the idiot climbing on the shelves, getting stuff high up for them. <laughs> Yeah, and an old lady asked me to uh, reach for a jar of mayonnaise she wanted that was a a couple feet higher than she was. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, the mediumship and stuff, I don't know, that might be a project for me starting next year a little bit more. Yeah, you know, if you have the ability, you have the gift, then you should hone it and and uh, practice it, and uh, the you know they say practice makes perfect. And, yeah. And I, I absolutely believe in that, especially in mediumship. It's anything else that you do. You can dri- drive a car, and then if you don't drive it for twenty years, you have to almost learn how to drive it again. Sure. And that's sure. the same way with uh, being a medium. You might have a gift, but you have to use it and hone it and. Uh, perfect your skills and stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. The only thing I can th- say, um, it's a little bit easier for me because they just come up to me, you know, whether mm-hmm. I want them to or not. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got, I got two spirit guides, and sometimes on the show I used to say, uh, I don't know what my spirit guides are telling <laughs> me, but they're, they're saying this, you know, and. Uh, Sometimes you don't want to hear what they tell you, or it's completely opposite of what it should be, or something, you know. But but I know who my spirit guides are. Uh, There are two of my ancestors that passed. I'm pretty sure one of them is my grandfather. I I always find that really interesting. Um, I know there's a little lady that's attached to me that I think is one of my relatives. Yeah. She's super tiny. And she has her hair pulled up. She's dressed from probably um, the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. And I 
I'm picking up that she's your great great grandmother. Yeah, I think she was a medium, actually. Yeah, from, I think so too. From what I pick up, and she's very protective over me. I can feel her when she needs to be protective. Yeah. The interesting thing is, um, she does. She's not always around because I identify a lot with my spirit animals. Yeah, but if I feel like I'm in danger, she's around. Yeah. And yeah, I'm picking up on she's. That's basically what, what, what I'm feeling right now. She, she was a medium and an empath like yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's passed on. It's passed down your family just like it was in my family. Yeah, and most of them. Um, now, my grandfather who had tea leaves, he was an interesting character. <laughs> Very well, interesting character. <laughs> most grandfathers are. <laughs> but most of them, most of the people in my family that were mediums were female. Same own. way with mine. My, my grandmother was uh, a medium. Mm -hmm. And my mother was too. My mother used to be able to tell when something was going, something bad was going to happen in the family. Mm -hmm. she, she used to know when family members died before they were even dead, even hardly, you yeah. know. Yeah, that she sense. Used to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, should. Yeah, it's passed down from generation to generation. Oh, yeah. Like you said, it's usually the women. I, I don't know why. I have two sisters, and I don't believe they have any uh, abilities at all. That's interesting. Um. So it came my way. Uh, I know why. I'm. Uh, I've always been a sensitive type person. Anyway, you know, right. I love animals. Uh, I love to. Uh, I don't like to kill them. Um, you know, things like that. And I, I think one of the things I told was told to me in things to come was whatever happens on this earth. We are the blame for it. We mm -hmm. are the ones that did it. We were the ones that is killing off the wildlife, God's creations. Right. We are the ones that's cutting down all the tree, trees that, that, that uses the CO2 that we breathe out and the earth gives out and pre reproduces oxygen for us to breathe. Oh, exactly, and, yes. Uh, we're killing the oceans. We're overfishing, overkilling the population. Mm -hmm. and you're greedy. And we're killing the oceans. And pretty soon, uh, there won't be any, you yeah. know, and, and life in the oceans. And that's when it dies. That's when the ocean just turns into a big old black pond. Uh, we're doing things right now. Uh, and I asked, I said, can we reverse it? And they said, no, it's too late now. What's we really, started something that we can't reverse. It's yeah. too late. It's just really sad. I mean, even the meat that people eat, they are they just disassociate it with a living being. Yeah. Oh well, they're they're God made them for that. It's like yeah. you have no respect for that. You yeah. think it comes on styrofoam? Yeah. That's exactly. a living creature. That is a living being with a soul, and, and it's horrible. 
And I do not judge others that eat meat. I don't. My vegetarianism is is a personal choice, but I just can't do it because I have respect for the animals. I really, really do. They're important. Those hunting animals are important. I don't fish. I don't hunt. I I see an animal that's injured. I try to take care of it. Um, I have a feeling for them, and they know it. The house we used to live in, my late wife and I, we would get up in the morning and there would be that. Uh, maybe a dog or a cat. <laughs> you know, I'd be in trouble. I think the other animals was in the neighborhood was telling them, go down to the White House <laughs> down there on the corner. Uh, they take animals in, you know, because yeah. we always ended up with them, you know, sometimes injured, sometimes just skinny and undernourished, you know. Yes. And I woke up one time and there was two horses in our uh, driveway. <laughs> Andrew, my husband would draw the line. He'd be like, <laughs> He'd be like but, no, <laughs> no. Animals just have a sense. That they know that somebody good lives in that house and, and mm-hmm. they're migrated to it, you know? Oh, sure. I think they can sense they it. They know. <laughs> <laughs> we, have a, we have a possum now that just walks up to us practically. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't, I mean, I, I like possums. They do great stuff for the environment and they eat ticks and all kinds of root, you know, all yeah. kinds of nasty bugs. But the mouse is the one that killed me the most this year. Um, where I live, there's wetlands. So where there's wetlands, there's rodents. Yeah. And I put bird feed out there and I'm looking out there and there's this cutest little gray mouse just packing his little cheeks. And I'm like, I look over, I'm like, wait, that's a little big for a mouse. Oh, oh, that's not a mouse. That's a rat. And I don't want it in my house. Oh, no. So I want to scare it away. So I go out and I go, no, go. And it stops and walks over to me, sits down, looks up at me and stuffs his cheeks some more. I was like, you cannot come in my house. My cat will eat you. And it, was, and it was so cute, but I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and for some reason, rats love me. Um, when I was in Dayton at the same house I told you about, out of all times, it was Christmas Eve. And I was sitting there. And for some reason, I had mouse treats. I think I tried to save a mouse that summer. <laughs> and I look <laughs> on the counter. There is a must have been somebody's pet who got loose. Because it was a brown and white rat. Oh, my God. And my two cats were just looking. Anything in the house they thought was a pet. So they never hurt anything in the house. So for months, every night, I had to pull out the stove. I cleaned and bleached. And I was trying to find this rat. Because I wanted to put it in a cage or something to isolate it. Because I didn't want it loose in the house. Spring came around. I opened up my porch. My cat was out there, and she was a beautiful dark calico. I named her October. And I look over, and she gave that rat a heart attack. <laughs> the rat stood up and died. Oh, no, really? Yes, all Scared winter. I was oh, trying goodness. to save this rat. <laughs> all you had to do was introduce a cat, huh? <laughs> yeah, a cat and a very pretty, because the cat was, 
the cat was in the house all the time watching the rat had no interest until it got out on the porch and then she's like oh that's free range i'm out free game out here (laughs) oh my goodness it has been such a pleasure talking with you alan it's been a pleasure being on your show this one of the better ones i think Uh, (laughs) thank you i appreciate it and hopefully we'll talk again soon yeah, sure. I'd love to have you come well, back on and have more stories for us. Oh, well, yeah. I'll get busy on my last book here, and I'll let you know when it's done. Maybe we can talk about it or something. Ah, oh, that'd be great. Tell people how to get a hold of you for a reading, Alan. Um, I do all my readings, and well, unless you're local, you know. I do all my readings through telephone. Uh-huh. Uh, my my number is uh, 943 five nine zero one five seven three and i also do it through emails and my email address is paperback writer it's p all lower case letters is p-a-p-e-r-b-a-c-k-w-r-i-t-e-r 35 at gmail.com And can they get a hold of you on Facebook as well? I uh, yes, they can. You okay. know, I don't know my, I don't know my number there. Oh, on Facebook, <laughs> I just found just you. Run a, just run a search for Alan Wright. It's Alan uh, Wright. Yep, has all yeah. your books on there and everything. And folks, by the way, you can get his books on Amazon. Yes. And there, I can't wait. I just ordered one, so I can't wait to read it. And Thank you very much. You're welcome. (laughs) And we will talk very soon, Alan. You and your wife have a great Saturday night. You too, Alan. You and your husband. Thank you. Take care. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye.